0: okay
1: wow
0: what was that good or bad
1: it's great
0: that we're back yeah it's wonderful we're back baby we're back and this is uh what how do we do this again
1: i don't know We haven't touched this feed since last November of 2021. Yeah. And um, things are different. Things are much different. The the world has changed. We've changed. I'm a year older. I think you are probably.
0: No, I'm four years older. How did you do that? Good question. (laughs)
1: All right. Well, we're back and we thank you for listening and subscribing still uh, if this is showing up in your podcatcher app you're probably like oh shit it's
0: these people again uh, we're alive how yeah. are you doing and if this went out off without a hitch you didn't know that this was going to happen and i don't think anybody including our podcast network knew that we were doing this nobody knows. so yeah nobody
1: knows but now you know now because you're listening to picking up something good a limited event prestige podcast about hang on a second. Mace, my notes say that this, this podcast is about Radiohead, but it's I don't not. think that's true anymore, because we ran no. out of Radiohead.
0: Yeah, I make a habit of not talk about British people anymore. Yeah, um.
1: we, <laughs> just a complete <laughs> blanket moratorium on the British here in our studio. So what the fuck are we even talking about? What are we
0: picking up that's so good? Okay, so it's dreary out there. It is so cold and it is so rainy and it is so bad uh, just go along with it if it's sunny uh like in in some places in, in the country it is snowing multiple feet of snow yeah. and it's so sad and dreary and you know the you know the world's most divorced man owns the biggest social network in the world and it's and- ruining
1: my chances to get jobs because that's how it works because you have to tweet in, in order to to be a musician now
0: Yeah, 2022 sucks. 2022 has sucked the whole time. It sucked. I
1: basically, from July to now, I've kind of just been a sad sack at my house. Just kind of sitting there. Same here. I don't do anything.
0: I play video games all the time.
1: The other day, I tried to do something, and I slipped and fell uh, because it's raining. uh, And the, I don't know, it was just very slippery. And a guy in a lifted truck laughed at me just saw saw me fall down and laughed at me
0: (laughs) and that is what we are trying to avoid come with us we are opening the door we are helping you get in the time machine get in here we're in front of the circle k we're going back the halcyon days of the early 70s
1: (laughs) that's right baby because i'm a fucking sad sack i've been on a steely dan kick this is a limited event prestige december only podcast probably bleeding into january about
0: the Dan. Steely fucking Dan. Welcome to Steely Dan Sember. <laughs> Steely Dan Sember, baby. This idea came up two days ago.
1: <laughs> I read something that, um, while I was listening to Asia, as I have been frequently lately, I was like, who even is Steely Dan? Who is that guy? What's he all about? What the fuck is he hiding? So I decided to look it up. I went on Wikipedia and I Googled Steely Dan on Wikipedia and Wikipedia was like, here you go. Here's all the info. And I was like, it's a bunch of guys. What? Turns out Steely Dan is
0: two guys, maybe more, maybe more.
1: And uh, I went down a rabbit hole of just learning about these guys. And um, I learned some information that we'll co- there's there's a specific nugget that kind of sparked the the idea specifically that we'll get to later. Uh, but I, I saw, I just went down this rabbit hole of like, I mean, I have to talk about this to someone. It is 1am. I gotta see if Mace is awake. And, <laughs> and then it led to this. So welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Steely Dansember. Steely Ember, We are talking about the band, the myth, the legend, the dance.
0: The Dan, the Dan Steely Dan, um, I gotta, t- I gotta say, just at the very top of this adventure, at the very top of this podcast, Steely Dan fucks. I have Ste- never been like a huge Steely Dan fan. I yeah. have listened to Asia, of course. Everyone I have has. been, yeah, of course. I-, I think it's like, as a like. I think I was forced to listen to Asia at some point because my dad had, like, a really big, like... Well, my stepdad had a really big, like, like jazz rock phase. And he, mm-hmm. he made Everyone's us go to Everyone's dad
1: has a big jazz rock phase. You're not special,
0: Mace. <laughs> <laughs> he, he made us go to a Michael McDonald concert at a racetrack <laughs> once. Uh, I'm at a racetrack somewhere long ago. And the only thing I remembered Watching about Michael... all the horses. <laughs> <laughs> doing illegal betting uh the only thing i remember about (laughs) michael mcdonald is that i
1: have a gambling problem (laughs) (laughs) sorry sorry
0: the the only thing i remember about michael mcdonald is that that he looked kind of like george lucas at the time
1: he does kind of look like george lucas sometimes yeah he's got similar vibes
0: so this is like the only like that's that's the closest I've ever been to seeing the Dan live or enjoying the Dan until recently when I, when I started listening to Asia and I was like oh this is great, uh, so now I'm actually I think what what's what's your level of comfort with the Dan? Well, I feel, okay. I feel like we're kind of we're we're wading into this together.
1: Yeah, I know it's a, it's a special Dan Sember limited edition series, so it's not like Radiohead where you know all about Radiohead and I know nothing. I think we're kinda at the same level of knowing about the Dan. yeah now when when you say recently you've got into Asia, how recently is that?
0: I'd say like fuck maybe like twenty ten twenty eleven
1: okay, so more okay, so you yeah like way <laughs> well, I was gonna say fucking this year that I got into it, so you have a little bit more of a leg up on me, but you haven't heard like from from twenty ten to now you haven't heard like everything, it's not been.
0: No, I haven't heard everything, and honestly, I'm gonna be completely honest, I used to confuse them with Jethro Tull a lot. I thought <laughs> Thick as a Brick was a Steely Dan album.
1: Wow. Okay. That's wild. Um,
0: yeah, when that's, you told me this, I, I, I got was, really excited, because yeah, I thought we were gonna do I, Thick <laughs> as a Brick. thought we were
1: gonna talk about Jethro Tull. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're still excited, because Steely Dan fucks. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but, like, they, they're having, like, a moment online. Like, I don't want to call them a meme, because that sounds weird to call yeah. a band a meme. I mean... yeah. Bands can be part of memes, but, but like Steely, it's like having a there's it's like having a th- its own little Columbo moment where it just seems like everyone on the internet just suddenly gets into one thing.
0: I actually was gonna mention Columbo. I feel it's very the 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 meme here is very similar to the Columbo meme.
1: Yeah, and so I I'm I'm proud to say I got into Columbo before <laughs> it was cool on the internet.
0: Honestly, very I was getting sentence into, to say I was getting into Columbo when it was on you know daytime TV when I, I was watching sick. that shit with my grandma. Yeah, I was I was I was an OG Colombo uh, Nation fan, uh, <laughs> Colombo Nation, <laughs> and I feel like it's kind of like an eternal September for me here, where everybody yeah. keeps joining uh, the Colombo Nation.
1: That must be how it's going to be for like longtime Steely Dan fans, the Steely fans, to listen to to this show, because I got into them because it just seems like everyone was making tweets about Steely Dan all of a sudden the past couple years. Well, yeah, like, I don't know, maybe COVID unearthed them for for millennials of a certain age, and they sort of trickled down to me. I don't know how it happened, but um, there's, you know, I follow one person in particular who's just always posting about Steely Dan. Um, And then I finally was just like, fine, I'll listen to Gaucho. God damn it.
0: So roughly about a couple minutes in here, Mm -hmm. I do want to go ahead and end the podcast early.
1: Oh, why? um, Oh, no.
0: I, I would like to end the podcast by saying that um, COVID did unearth them, much like Thanos' snap aged everybody about five years, and the blip <laughs> brought them all back. Um, COVID kind of aged us all a little bit more, and now we're all, you know, Yacht Rock dads.
1: Oh, I see. It's exactly I, I was afraid like you what... were going full Marvel on it. You were just making the comparison.
0: No, no, it's like exactly like what happened in the five years between Thanos' snap and the blip. There I don't know no what Spider-Man. those words mean
1: mace but i see your point uh <laughs> uh yeah no i really do I think feel that martin
0: like martin scorsese should apologize <laughs> <just fuck up. laughs>
1: he might hear this i he he looks like he might be into steely dan <laughs> i'm just hoping that that's just wishful thinking i don't know actually know that yeah. about him um but yeah no i i feel like i'm definitely next year uh not even next year next month wow I've, i forgot it's december already even though we've been talking about it uh next month january capricorn baby uh, I'm going to be 27, so it's close enough to 30 and plus the, like, five goddamn years I feel like I've aged, uh, since 2020. I feel like yeah. I'm, I feel like I'm ripe for a steely Dan to, to yeah. latch onto my brain. It's like, You've
0: become, you've become Dan-compatible. That's what they I call it.
1: Dan-compatible. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can, uh, what's it called? In Pacific
0: Rim. yeah you can now pair with the kaiju of donald (laughs) fagan and walter becker
1: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i feel like it's it's perfect now uh and i yep got into really uh asia and gaucho first and um honestly just those two albums for a while Then i was like what's this pretzel logic all about and i was like hang on a second they sound like a real band what the fuck is going on here
0: did you not think they were a real band before Well, like, I, mean, you think they well were... I
1: mean like a full band. You know, Steely Dan, it's it's like it's well, I sh- I guess we should talk about the band.
0: We should talk about the band. Let's talk about how they started.
1: Yeah, let's talk about Steely Dan, because at the heart of it, you got Walter Dan Becker and Donald Steely Fagan. That's yeah, where they got the name names. of the band. Uh
0: no, the, the 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 way they actually got the name of the band was really interesting, but I do want to mention this I, I was think kinda reading knows. Yeah, I, right. Naked Lunch, right?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll we'll t- we'll talk about it in case people
0: naked don't. Naked Lunch was, by the way, like during this whole like lockdown thing, and in the intervening time between like seasons of this interminable podcast. Yeah. Uh, I did pick up reading Naked Lunch. Uh, you did. And, yeah, that's just how my brain works. Now. Did you finish it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
1: I mean, like. How? It was like
0: it was like hard mode House of Leaves, but yeah,
1: yeah. Well, see, I shouldn't judge because my favorite book is Finnegan's Wake, and no one can read that, not even myself.
0: I don't. The think reason Finnegan I like it is because it turns
1: that. my brain into static.
0: Um. Uh, anyway, uh, I was reading the Wikipedia article about uh, Steely Dan. Yeah. And apparently, you know, Becker and Fagan met at Bard College, which I've heard a lot of memes about on the Insane Johnny uh, Instagram page. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so now I'm beginning to understand that part of the lore. Um, You know, they're from New York. Uh, they're from like upstate New York, which is just like, yeah, the East off. Coast
1: boys. They're very, very East Coast. Um, they Which is
0: weird because they're they got a West Coast sound. That's they're the true. East Coast boys with a West Coast sound.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think that's the that's the true yin and yang. Of the Steely, the Dan, the East and the West Coast of America, <laughs> um, you got that. You got that.
0: It's beautiful. It's like they're you know they're East Coast boys, but they got a West Coast sound. That's fucked up. Yeah, like those we East, East Coast, Coast boys. just discovered that about though. They've got a West Coast anyway. Um. Yeah,
1: they they began playing together at Bard College, which I I don't know. I don't know. We we had a couple English listeners if uh yeah. oh they they're probably thinking Bard College. <laughs> what, they go to Shakespeare College. <laughs> but no, that's not that. No, uh, Bard, bard College, College is is it in Massachusetts?
0: No, it's in it's in New York.
1: There's in Massachusetts.
0: No, I think there's another school like that in Massachusetts. Uh Bard College sounds like something that you have to pick as like a skill in Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> yeah, you got to go to Bard College to become well, a bard. Uh, anyway, as Fagin passed by a cafe, the Red Balloon, he heard Becker practicing the electric guitar. And here's the most insane thing I've ever heard in my life. Okay. In an I've... interview, Fagin recounted the experience. I hear this guy practicing, and it sounded very professional professional and contemporary. Uh huh. It sounded like, you know, like a black person, really. <laughs> what does that mean? <clears throat> okay, well... <laughs> <I> th- <laughs> I think what he
1: means is, I, I actually did watch the Asia documentary a couple of days ago, he does mention how during that time and basically throughout his life, he has preferred what he, what he called black music, you know, R&B, yeah. you know, soul music and stuff like that. I think maybe that's what he's getting at, maybe, but it's kind of a strange way to put it.
0: Yeah, I mean...
1: It's like, that, it's that see- it's the reverse of that scene, in, or no, it's that scene in Elvis, where it's like,
0: oh, he's white. <laughs> I, I think that, um, yeah, black music is incredible, and, like, the fact that, you know, it was stolen by white people to, uh, make lesser versions of it, you know, as with the entire early Beatles catalog. Um, yeah. basically, yeah, We're, I We can't I go even,
1: we can't go even just one episode without fucking taking a pot shot at the Beatles, can we? <laughs>
0: I became a little bit of a Beatles head. This don't even start. No, uh, okay. Continue with the cafe (laughs) uh,
1: anecdote. Is there any more to the anecdote? That's
0: just such a bizarre way to put it. Really, Uh, he introduced himself to Becker and said, "Do you want to be in a band?" And I feel like that's how ninety percent of bands in like the sixties and seventies started.
1: Yeah, it just happened to be like two incredibly talented songwriters and musicians. They just sort of run into each other one day, and they're like, "Yeah, I guess I could work with you for a while."
0: Yeah, I feel like I feel like they crashed uh, like shopping carts at the at the store. Uh, I don't know if they had stores back then. <laughs>
1: what are they, jackass?
0: Uh, <laughs> they, yeah, they crashed shopping carts, riding them down the way. No, they just yeah. probably crashed them or something. And then they began a decades long uh, contra- like uh, creative uh, collaboration that garnered them millions and millions of dollars. It's it feels like yeah, it was easier to be in a band that became extremely famous in the 70s.
1: Things were just easier in the 60s. Like, you would just go into a building and go, Hey, could I have a job? And anyone who heard you first would give you a job.
0: Hey, by the way, that's what happened here.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, they began playing together. Uh, Becker says, Whenever there was a social function that demanded a cheap rhythm section we were there yeah i got i got quotes too mace you think you're so fucking special uh i'm quoting from major dudes a steely dan compendium i think is the name of the book it's a collection of uh interviews and stuff
0: it's a hell of a title
1: yeah yeah out of the uh there was so there's he says there's two branches i don't know what he means by that the new york branch and the boston branch i guess that's why i thought there was a massachusetts i guess he, there's a barred branch in in boston out of the Boston branch came Jeff Skunk Baxter, erstwhile guitar and steel player who was once a member of the Boston Sound paysetters, Ultimate Spinach. What? There was a guy in Boston who was like, you know, that San Francisco sound, you know, that Hate Ashbury psychedelic rock stuff. Well, what if I just copied that and called it the Boston Sound, and then made a bunch of money off of it, and then he formed, <laughs> and then he formed a bunch of bands. And then, so, so you're
0: saying this is another East Coast boy with West Coast sound?
1: Exactly. This is another. So Jeff Skunk Baxter, East Coast boy, West Coast sound. That's how you end up in Steely Dan. That's how. That's how it happens. So he he ends up playing with with the guys Walter and Donald, and uh, they also meet Denny Denny Diaz,
0: oh, the founder of Denny's. Holy the shit, of
1: Denny. <laughs> <laughs> what's the De- yeah that's his that's his name yeah because everyone cause so junk jeff skunk baxter right that's his nickname yeah right you got donald steely fagan you got walter dan becker that's how they get the name of the band right you got denny grand slam Diaz. Yeah. Diaz. Diaz. i'm not sure how to pronounce his last name it's, a, it's an s at the end and uh i think denny he's looking for a band he's a guitarist and he's looking for a band so he puts an ad in the paper and he's, he's looking for a band, and I think part of the ad reads, assholes need not apply. And so Walter in the game, Walter Donald in the game, join him, and they do Steely Dan. They find a drummer. I can't remember his name. He's just the drummer who gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're skipping some stuff. And they move to L.A. where they get a, a deal at ABC Records.
0: Oh, fuck. Now they're the West Coast Boys with the West
1: Coast Sound. Now they're the West Coast Boys with the East Coast Sound.
0: Oh, But with shit. a little bit of West Coast thrown in there. A little bit of that Midwest Sound.
1: We're Nothing. skipping a lot because we're doing two albums per episode. We're already at the 20-minute mark, and I really, really want to talk about Can't Buy You a Thrill.
0: I think that Can't Buy You a Thrill is a fucking incredible album.
1: Their debut sounds so fully formed, it makes me want to cry.
0: <laughs> Honestly, how do you knock it out of the park like that? Like... On the first go,
1: I was you know like like I said, we started with both of us, we started with Asia, right, yeah, uh, and that's a very di- that's a very different sound,
0: yeah that's that's Asia, we'll talk about it, we'll get to it,
1: yeah, but this is nineteen seventy two Steely Dan is a full band. It's not just Walter and Donald spoilers, there's gonna be some stuff around album three, <laughs> um, but yeah, they record this in l a yeah, and Donald and Walter they moved there. Uh, to, uh, their their producer who produced the album Gary Katz gets them a job there. That's why they all relocate there from New York. Yeah, and uh, they kind of don't like LA. I
0: mean, which becomes nobody a really recurring
1: th- it becomes a recurring theme in their basically their entire discography about how fucking horrible LA is. I'm so sorry.
0: No, you live no, there. I'm sorry. It's that's totally. To they're not wrong. Is the thing, and the place where the village is located, like the 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 the, the recording studio, is like my least favorite part of Los Angeles.
1: Oh yeah, what's yeah, What's it's in, what's it all about?
0: It's in West LA. I don't give a shit about that place. Uh, I don't give a shit about any. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just like generalizing a little too much. But fuck West <laughs> LA. Um,
1: I don't know anyone in West LA. Uh, email Mace uh, yeah. about uh, it, I guess. Just
0: go ahead and shoot me an email uh, Me at MaceQ.com uh, <laughs> I will take any and all hate mail um, Wow Yeah uh, Basically the place where they recorded I have just a couple little tidbits Okay, um, That actually used to be A um, Like a transcendental meditation center For the Maharishi uh, oh. Maharishi Yogi yeah. uh, Which gives us a little bit of a Beatles link Fuck them Yeah um, Every time you, you insist on bringing them up, uh, it, it turns out that the Maharishi was not a good person. It's fine. Yeah, they wrote like a whole song about it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, now that is where, um, I believe that is where, uh, KCRW, our local good radio station. There's just like one of them. Um, well, if
1: they're good, if they're so good, then why don't they play track one of "Off Can't Buy You a Thrill," entitled "Do It Again." They do all the time. Good, because it's a good song, Mace. (laughs) Okay? It's a good song.
0: It's a fucking great song. I'm sorry if that's not politically correct. You know what? But I like Do It Again by Steely Dan. You say what you're thinking. It is, I can't believe, it makes me mad to listen to this album because it starts with such like a hard hitter. I get- yeah. I get big Santana vibes from this one.
1: Yeah, you hear the opening, and you're like, am I going to watch the George Lopez show? What's going on?
0: Yeah, and it is fucking awesome. (laughs) I love it. How are these boys so goaded up with the sauce?
1: They're goaded up with the fucking sauce. Oh, my God. They just have it immediately, right? So Donald and Walter, they, they they get into this band, and they just immediately start cranking out the hits, right? Like, they just instantly... Like, there's no question among anyone else in the band that, okay, these are the songwriters. Yeah. And they just crank them out. Oh, it's so good. There's a, there's a great little, I mean, and also, they're also, like, fantastic performers. Like, there's a little solo. There's an organ solo. Played on a, it's a plastic organ. It's a Yamaha YC-30. Uh, he play, he play, it played by Donald Steely Fagan with the sliding pitch bending control.
0: I hope you're keeping track of that, the middle names. Yeah, I am,
1: of course. Yeah, uh, we we we'll get to the other members uh, uh, that I've haven't gotten into yet. We we mentioned the drummer, and there's a uh, it, we'll get to a guy, but but basically, I love this song. It's it's very. I wasn't expecting it to be so yacht rock, like because Asia isn't right.
0: No, absolutely so not.
1: I I remember like so I listened to Asia and then Gaucho a lot, and I just went back and forth, and then I listened to Pretzel Logic, and I was like wow, this is different. Maybe I should start from the beginning. And then I listened to this one, right? And this was a very... Di- this this whole album, honestly, and this song in particular too, This the whole album is is like the most 1972 thing I've heard in a long time.
0: And you know what? It's better for it because I think that like, this is the kind of music you needed to be making in 1972. It was like...
1: Yeah, but I think it's aged really well. Like, I yeah. this is... It's, it. It evokes that time, but it's like way more... Like, even just with Do It Again, like, y- you immediately can tell that this is not just regular pop music.
0: Yeah. And this is just, like, it's written beautifully. Apparently, this song was written by Joe Biden. Did you know that? <laughs> Why? The entire chorus is like, you go back, Jack, do it again. <laughs> it's No, it was written by Joe Biden. Wow, you know, he's got a writing credit on that. That's there.
1: how he got his start. That's, how, we know. that's how he's so famous.
0: Yeah. That's Shout- what he became known for. You know what? Shout out to Brandon. Shout out to Brandon. That should be the slogan. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway,
1: uh, Do It Again is great. Uh, really nice harmonies.
0: Absolutely.
1: I mean, they, 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 it's, it's hard to, it's hard to say anything else. It's their, uh, it's the second highest charting single uh, in yeah. his, in their history. I think it got to number six.
0: How do you open an album with your second highest charter? How do you, how are you so that on talented? His, on your debut album. Yeah. Yeah. that That's like if the Beatles opened up, like, they just started with fucking A Day in the Life. If they just, <laughs> like, knocked it right out of the park immediately.
1: It really does feel like that, where it's just like, <laughs> we're Steely fucking Dan, and you're here to
0: listen. God, welcome to Picking Up Something Good. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Okay, uh, track two. Let's talk about doing that dirty work, that dirty jobs with Mike Rowe.
1: Yeah, so, um, <laughs> my first reaction when I first heard this song was... Oh, I know this song. This is Steely Dan? I had no idea. I just this is a song you hear like years ago at like a grocery store.
0: It's in the Sopranos.
1: It's in the Sopranos too, yeah. Uh I just never knew it was a Steely Dan song until I like actually went back and listened right. to this album. I was like, oh wow, okay, it's them. Cause guess what? It's not Donald Fagan on the lead vocals. Nope, it is not. Some other fucking guy.
0: <laughs> it is I uh, <laughs> it's it's it's, it's David David Palmer.
1: David, uh, David, David the Pipes Palmer. David the Pipes Palmer, there he is. He was hired, get this, he was hired, like, midway through the recording of the album, because it turns out that Donald Fagan wasn't comfortable performing live as the lead vocalist quite yet. He had a little which, bit of stage fright.
0: Which is insane, by the way.
1: Which is, like, I'm not trying to make fun of him, because I also, I I know, I know that feeling. Yeah. But then you think about, like, what... They went on to accomplish, and it's just kind of like, Donald, respectfully get over yourself.
0: (laughs) Come on, come on. It's like at the beginning of The Flaming Lips where uh, Wayne Coyne's brother was actually the lead vocalist. and It was not
1: great. (laughs) Right, it's like, and I kind of, unfortunately, I'm so sorry, the pipes, Palmer, but I don't like his vocals on this track.
0: No, but I do like the ending there where it kind of repeats, I'm a fool to do your dirty work. That is so good.
1: Oh, I think the chorus is really good with the harmonies.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's
1: great, but I think the verses... The verses kind of sound a little too folk
0: rock. You know what, yeah. They're a little folk rock for what this album is. I was...
1: Yeah, I mean, well, the thing is with, with this whole album is that it does get varied, but I felt like the vocals didn't quite match the backing track. I don't know, that's right. just
0: me. Well, yeah, that that completely makes sense. I think it's a fun, uh, it's a fun little
1: song. Uh, it's very... Uh, the first two songs lyrically, let's talk about the lyrics. They're very cynical. Oh yeah, absolutely. This is like it's a very cynical band. The first the first song is just like, you know, the the first line in the album is like, you know, a man stealing your water, and it's very dramatic. And it's like there's fights. There's a guy with a gambling problem at the end there, and the dirty work is like a is a is a it's as far as I can tell, it's about an affair between a man and a married woman, and he's just like sick of being like, second fiddle or something. Like, he's, like, he's, like, starting to be like, oh, oh great, I'm just some fucking guy that you gotta, like, sneak around.
0: Yeah, and it it just... I feel like this is, like, what Radiohead would have sounded like in the 70s.
1: Dirty work, really?
0: No, just, like, in general, like, the the lyrical content. Oh, the lyrical, content. I feel like there wasn't really much to worry about, except, like, they didn't have gas for a little while. And (laughs) I think Jimmy Carter was... Yeah,
1: that's something. true. I don't know. I don't, 1972, I don't know when the gas stuff happened. Oh, you know Steely Dan was very, very concerned about that.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Besides themselves. They, they probably had, like, a ton of things on their car that was like, no gas, smiley face. <laughs> that's all I ever see. I I have no... Uh, are we going to get canceled for this? For, uh, you know, kind of throwing away the 70s? Throwing away
1: the 70s? What do you mean?
0: Yeah, just kind of like... Uh, uh, <laughs> de-emphasizing what happened in the 70s because i have no idea
1: oh well that doesn't matter we're talking about steely dan like yeah fuck it they're steely not dan. they're not like you know they're not making protest music where we have to explain the context of like well they're, they're talking about the vietnam war here they mostly talk about uh loose women and drug abuse that's kind of their thing
0: yeah that, that's kind of like that we that's need their to get niche? into
1: the whole what whatever jimmy carter was doing i feel like people don't need that I feel like Tom Carter
0: was... He was growing, like, mutant peanuts or something, I think.
1: (laughs) He's He's doing some weird shit with peanuts, I bet. Uh, I don't even think he was listening to Steely Dan. He was trying to make the first
0: peanut you could fuck.
1: He was a freak. That's (laughs) for sure. I'm so glad we never had a president like him again.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, Kings. Holy shit.
1: Yeah, Kings. (laughs) What do you you have to say about Kings?
0: The... Chorus of Kings has been stuck in my head for several days. Oh yeah, yeah. Holy crap! Who is who? What what is this about? Who is this about?
1: Oh, Kings is. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm. I'm trying to remember because I've listened. I've listened to the first two albums so often. Oh, this is the one. Uh, the Good King Richard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. This is like. I. I kind of felt like. A, sort of a a send up of authority maybe.
0: Oh, shit. They got us.
1: I don't know. Like, I think they're getting a little banky, maybe. Yeah, remember how I guess we we are going to talk about it. I mean, 70s in politics in America, it was kind of like... People were... People were mad. There was a bunch of stuff happening. See, we don't really know much about the 70s. People were mad about something.
0: People were mad. Like, I know about the 60s. I know about the 80s. I don't know anything about the 70s. Because it just... It felt like a time that everything was in decay for some reason. Um... Anyway, apparently on the um, on the actual uh, liner notes for this album, Kings, right under it is, um, the subtitle for it is No Political Significance.
1: <laughs> oh, they do
0: say that? They do say that, but obviously, yes, it is like a political song, it sounds At like. At the
1: time, it was Richard Nixon as president. So, like, I'm sure that, you know, good, we've we seen the last of good King Richard, rain out the past, his name lives on and on. Roll out the bones and raise up your pitcher, raise up your glass to good King John. So I'm yeah. wondering, like, so, so, it, you are you sure you didn't, you weren't talking about Richard Nixon, you guys?
0: It's probably about Richard Nixon. You sure about that? It's probably about just like what I what I'm seeing here is just. It seems like it was disappointment and conservatism, which is like, yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but
1: again, very. It's it's not hopeful. It's not a hopeful like, oh, we'll get through this difficult no. time. Uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> Yeah uh yeah the bridge and though we sung his fame we all went hungry just the same yeah they're not they're not pleased (laughs) but very catchy tune i don't think it's my absolute favorite but uh it's so
0: good no it's so good it's so good
1: Ugh, god this album is getting really good Ugh, and then midnight cruiser and then midnight cruiser i don't like this one it's a little weird I don't know why there's something about it that are just it's just a little bit. I can't put my finger on it.
0: I mean, you can't because it's music, but um, it's really. Have you tried? I mean, you
1: can put your finger on a record, right? But that's the record. That's not the music. But there's like notes yeah. that you hear. Can't put a finger on that.
0: Also, the song was sung by the drummer. So would yeah. So
1: so Jim uh, uh... Hotter. <laughs> what was his nickname again? Could, do you have it in your notes? What his nickname was? Jim Hotter.
0: Uh yeah, Jim
1: the hi hat hotter. Jim the hi hat hotter, of course. Yeah, uh, and he, I don't think he did a bad job.
0: I think he did fine. Yeah. I think it's very. What genius is telling me here is that it's you know the subject of the song is an aimless wanderer lamenting his lost opportunities and the bygone prime of his life. I feel like many, many, many songs have done this better.
1: Yeah, this this does start a a, a tradition of of Steely Dan songs about. Well, a loser. I mean, he calls himself that directly. Just like in the some song. piece
0: of shit. Yeah. Yeah,
1: like you know, Deacon Blues is obviously like the the pinnacle of the form of the the song about losers, right? But yeah, this is, you know, <laughs> I'm another where, gentleman. Loser is, is a really fun lyric.
0: This is where Beck got the idea for a loser. I bet he
1: did. That bastard.
0: The fucking Beck. Um, I hate that guy. <laughs> um, I, yeah, it's it's just like a fine song. I I think that it's not like. It's not quite as memorable as the rest of them, of course. Um, yeah, well,
1: it, it's, so the problem is, I think, I think, I think I know the problem. It's there's it's, there's not enough jazz in it. You know what? You're right. I I come to Steely Dan for a little bit of rock and a little bit of jazz. Yeah, and this is a little bit too much rock. I think that is my problem <laughs> with a lot of early Steely Dan, where even though the song is good and I'm like, it's a toe tapper. Look at my toe, it's tapping. I'm like, boys. Boys, where are those funky chord changes?
0: I feel like I feel like this is like something you'd hear in like a bar.
1: Yeah, and it's not the kind of bar that I would go to. I don't think it's a bad bar. I just don't think yeah. it's my kind of bar. Also, I don't yeah. drink anymore, and that kind of complicates things.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, so, I go to board game bars. Oh no, yeah. that's
1: right. I forgot you're a nerd.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 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 I go to board game bars where they have like mead on tap. It's fine. Jesus. Uh, anyway. Well, only, only a, a fool, fool would, would say that. <laughs> 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 I love how, I love how we like uh tried to tried to beat each other too. We both
1: saw we both saw the, the perfect transition to the <sighs> perfect fucking song. This is my favorite song on the album. This is awesome. Only a fool would say that. It's so good. Yeah. It's so fucking jazzy. It really makes up for Midnight Cruiser. Like they just like,
0: oh you know what? I'm sorry. You wanted jazz? I'll give you some fucking jazz. And also, like I love the very first verse where he's like, yeah, you think you wear a nice hat? You think you're fucking cool?
1: (laughs) Boy, the plan, a natural man wearing a white Stetson hat.
0: You got a nice hat, asshole? Oh, you Uh, think
1: think you're a nice fucking hat? (laughs) I love love everything about this song. It's basically just a song of just like, oh, you think you're so fucking cool? You don't even know anything, man. You don't even know. It's so good. I know so many people I want to send this song to. Just see if they pick up that I'm talking about them.
0: Yeah. What's the uh... <laughs> There's like a lot of clothes references here. Yeah. He's got his shoes and his hat. I feel like I feel like the Steely Dam guys, you know, since they're the West Coast boys with the East Coast Sound now uh, they might be Barefoot as Legal guys.
1: Are they? They probably might be.
0: I feel like well... they're, on this album they approach Barefoot as Legal or like a sensible shoe.
1: Do you think, do you think <laughs> this, this is the kind of, so Steely Dan's in the era that they're like, if this album were a person, they would wear those weird toe shoes that, that, that certain kind of granola types wear.
0: This isn't yeah. a really,
1: this isn't a hippie record.
0: This no. is, a, this is
1: an anti-hippie record, honestly, to be honest. No,
0: yeah, this is a completely but there, anti-hippie. But there's like a little bit of a, you know a little bit of a more
1: earthy kind of rock vibe to it that i feel like if the album were a person it might wear some toe shoes sometimes i don't know especially with the song that we're about to talk to or talk about i mean we could talk to the song directly if we want to if we can have a seance about the song yeah. um but you know uh <laughs> this this song this song isn't toe shoes though only if we would say that is a really yeah. is a really like this is a work sneaker
0: yeah yeah i think I think it's a good like i think it's a good like sensible shoe it's like a, good a like sensible a, shoe yeah uh I think that you know we kind of maybe underestimated how much uh d lady we are actually talking about politics because I feel like yeah, this is actually very... it seems like
1: this is also very
0: political, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah,
1: because it's like yeah the the what's the the pre chorus here you do it, you do his nine to five drag your ho- yourself home half alive and there on the screen a man with a dream. You know, yeah. it, it's very, like, you know, you, you go and actually do, like, a working man's job. And then think about what it's like seeing a guy who doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about talk about, you know, the American dream or whatever.
0: Yeah, 99% of politicians it. and, yeah. Yeah. The, and
1: then the bridge. Anybody on the street has murder in his eyes. You feel no pain and you younger than you realize. It's this just is a big, like, Absolutely yeah. brutal takedown of a kind of guy.
0: Yeah. It's just, like... And it's you, so catchy. You were born with a silver spoon in your mouth. The people that are w- out here working are not, like, they are, they're too busy doing what they need to do to stay alive to, in order to, you know, maybe have the hope of living the life that you live. Exactly.
1: Idiot. Ugh. I hope you're listening to this, the the person this song's about.
0: Yeah. I hope you haven't died yet.
1: Sort yourself out. You're probably really old, too. <laughs> Yeah, asshole. <laughs> well, no, it's not about a specific guy because these, this kind of fool who would say that still says that. Yeah. So it's it's evergreen, as the kids say. Yeah. Let's talk, let's, let's talk about Reeling in the Years. Are you ready? I'm, I'm. I'm fucking ready to talk about Reeling in the Years because it leads to a whole. I got a whole thing.
0: Reeling in the years uh, whips ass, and I didn't know it was a Sealie Dan song. I also did.
1: It's had the same thing. I And the other thing is, like, this, you know, Dirty Work and Reelin' in the Years are very big songs that yes. you just sort of – you don't – it's, it's those songs that you just kind of know about,
0: if that makes sense. Right, right, right. It's, it's kind of like Sweet Caroline. I have no idea who sings that song.
1: Yeah, but you just know it. Like, it's, there's just yeah. songs that are so ubiquitous that you just know.
0: Yeah, and, and I, I know think... that people add lyrics to it that yeah. they shouldn't.
1: Yeah, and it's very <sighs> – what are they, where do they get off adding words to songs that aren't the words? What are they, and then t- don't even get me started on Weird Al. I think <laughs> he's a menace.
0: <laughs> but yeah, these, this is one of those just like ephemeral songs that exists in the universe. Ephemeral. And now, well, not ephemeral. I think it's a wrong word. Like yeah, because ephemeral means it would just it's 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 fading. Right. It's the opposite. It's- it's like mist. I think it just, it, it always it just existed. is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I see what you mean by that. Yeah. yeah. So I, it's really funny. Cause th- I, I didn't think this was a steely dance on until I listened to the album. Oh shit. Okay. But I also didn't think it was the same band who did dirty work. I thought those were two different bands. Right. Like that's the cool thing about this record is that it does sound like, like they do. There's, there's a through line, but they get, they get to so many different areas. Um, and vibes that I think uh, is still really amazing for a debut album. That they just have it. Right, yeah. But this song is also very 1972. This is a song that, like. This is a song I imagine a very lazy filmmaker would use as, like, a. Oh, well, my film is set in the period, so.
0: Here you go. <laughs> yeah, I feel like. I feel like this is, like. not. It's, it's not the song's it, fault. Yeah, it's not the song's fault, but I feel like. And earlier in his career, <clears throat> Paul Thomas Anderson would have used it, or oh, like, yeah. Tarantino would have used it to, to mark the beginning of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood or something like that.
1: Possibly. It's a little, I think it's a little too obvious for Tarantino. I think it's a slightly worse filmmaker's choice. <laughs> but it's a really good song. Oh my god, that chorus. That yeah. really full harmony where it's just oh. everyone. Everyone in on it.
0: Yeah, everybody from the 70s. Everybody.
1: Are You Reeling in the Ears, Stowing Away the Time... Are you gathering up the tears? Have you had enough of mine?
0: That is so fucking good. And the like sort of quick talk
1: sing delivery uh, that that Donald does in the verses is great. That uh, I mean, the lyrics there's so many good lyrics that I feel like I could just read out the entire lyric sheet and be like, that's my favorite lyric. (laughs)
0: Yeah, like the whole damn thing. You're telling me you're a genius
1: since you were 17, and all the time I've known you, I still don't know what you mean. Fucking got him, got him again. Another <laughs> brutal takedown. They're really good at these. Uh, I still uh, the weekend at the college didn't turn out like you planned. The things that pass for knowledge, I can't understand. Is so good. Oof. Yeah. And um, uh, this uh, this genius annotation. I didn't know this. That weekend at the college didn't turn out as you planned is apparently based on lead senior Donald Fagan's <coughs> high school girlfriend, Dorothy White, <coughs> visited him at Bard College for the weekend and ended up getting arrested for smoking weed. Jesus. Another interpretation is that she dropped out rather than quickly rather quickly after starting. So fast that it felt like she only spent a weekend there. But, hmm, Donald Fagan, high school girlfriend, Hmm.
0: Wait, hold on. Uh, what does this mean? Was it his high school? Like, was it his girlfriend from high school?
1: Yeah, I was like... Or mm, was it his girlfriend must, who
0: he dated that was in high school? Right, I
1: know. Like, this genie sanitation has me like, mm, I must do further research. What the fuck, man?
0: This is unclear. Anyway.
1: Ignore I used to all of the think, songs in their oeuvre about teenagers. Anyway. Oh, there's
0: that word again. Oeuvre. Yeah, uh, oeuvre. Uh, I used to think that uh but you know before i had ever heard this song before which is you know a you know so far gone at this point it's yeah. probably like i used to confuse this a lot with simply reds holding back the years which is a completely different oh, song yeah. by well, the way well like
1: the titles are similar yeah i see yeah
0: you. i i was like oh yeah simply red they did re- reeling in the years and i'm like no that's a different band <laughs> they have not done that <laughs> <laughs> that
1: is a separate oeuvre <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is a completely separate oeuvre yeah Apparently, Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin thinks that the guitar solo on Real End the Years is his favorite solo of all time. Okay. Which... Which what? Which... I'm reticent to trust a guy in Led Zeppelin, Look,
1: I know, but that guitar solo is so fucking good. Oh my god. Like, I think even Steely and Dan themselves agree that, like, it's a big part of why it became a hit. I think... I think they're giving it a lot of credit there. I think the whole thing is the reason it's a hit. I mean, you heard that chorus, right?
0: Right, right. Yeah, That's... Elliot the Strings Randall, like, v- fuck that shit up real good.
1: Uh, no, Elliot the Seer Randall. I thought it was the Strings. His nickname is the Seer because I'm so glad we get to talk about this solo and the person responsible for it, Elliot Randall. He's an American guitarist best known for being a session musician, right? So he's not a guy who joins bands. For being in the band, he joins them just for session stuff, which is cool. He's just a guy that's in them. You can, you can, uh, back in that, back in those days, you work in LA as, as a good enough session musician, you can make a ton of money. Like, holy shit. I, I'm like, I really rarely go, I was born in the wrong generation, but sometimes I think about like. Like that Wrecking Crew documentary and just like how they were just like, oh, yeah, we were, you know, we were good enough that people just like were constantly hiring us. I
0: I think you would have fucking killed it I, and, oh, as like God. a session musician. Yeah. Or just as a composer. Like you just there was so much work for musicians. What happened yeah. to all of the jobs? <laughs> <laughs> I feel ah, anyway. like I feel like if you had been a session musician growing up in the 70s, by this point, you and Wendy Carlos would be best friends.
1: Oh, man. That's my dream. That'd be great. Yeah. Well, Elliot Randall, uh, has a career that is, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Yeah. He, he did some stuff, but, uh, he did, uh, let's see here. I lost my train of thought. Hang on. So he, he met Donald Fagan and Walter Becker, uh, years previously, um, when they were still, uh, touring musicians for a band called Jay and the Americans. Yeah. Um, he recorded some demos with them and they went their separate ways. Uh, in 72, the year they were recording Can't Buy You Thrill, he left New York for California. He reunited with Becker, Fagan, and childhood friend Jeff Skunk Baxter, which, before we even talk about the second album, there's going to be an entire kind of mini-segment about him, because I need to talk about Jeff Skunk Baxter.
0: I feel like a guy whose nickname is Skunk can't be any good, right? Oh my
1: god, you have no fucking clue. Anyway, so, (laughs) uh, his solo on Reeling in the Ears... Was like it was a really big part of the appeal. It was a very popular song, and his solo was very notable, and it got him a lot of work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He also, so he began getting calls from other artists. He did a lot of session work.
0: Steely Dan approached him. What like together or like? Yeah, Steely separate?
1: and Dan both as a unit. They they walk in step with each. I imagine
0: other. they like like speak at the same time. They too, also
1: right? speak in unison. Yes. They are they are but one mind, Steely and Dan, Walter and Donald. They share a colon. They somehow share a colon, even though they are not conjoined. They refuse to tell us how or why. But anyway, they they approach approach they approach Elliot Randall uh, at one point and go, "Hey man, uh, we love your work. I think you're an excellent guitarist. Um, how do you? Uh, what do you say about becoming Steely Dan Steely Dan material for, for permanent?" Uh, How do you want to join Steely Dan? Huh. But he politely declined. What? He felt that the band's dynamics would make the band dissolve after the third album. Which it did. (laughs) (laughs) That is why his nickname is The Seer. He saw, he sees, and he will always see.
0: He... (sighs) Fuck, he was right. Mm Mm-hmm. He was completely right. He
1: just... I don't know. He just called it. He called it from... He just... It was like Babe Ruth in the fucking home run. He, he called his shot. He's like, no, this shit isn't going to last. You guys aren't going to want to keep a whole band. It's just going to be you two hiring random session musicians after the third album. And they're like, you're crazy. Get out of here. Steely Dan would never break up. We love Denny and the drummer and uh, Jeff Skunk. We would never.
0: And then they did.
1: And they absolutely did. Uh, I don't think it was contentious or anything, but they they absolutely he was right. Uh Randall went on to become a touring member of Shana uh in 74.
0: Hey there, welcome to picking up something good a limited run prestige podcast about Shanana. <laughs>
1: Absolutely not not not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have uh, never heard of Shanana before.
1: <laughs> and I, and you will not hear it on the podcast again. He did join Steely Dan again for their fourth and fifth albums, uh again just for session work. He had a history of turning down permanent gigs. It wasn't just Steely Dan. Because sha na also, I assume. And he was like, nope, just want to tour with you and then move on. John Belushi asked him to be the musical director for the Blues Brothers, uh, a position he also turned down. What? Jeff Porcaro and David Pak, Pike, I don't know how to pronounce his name. he They offered Randall the chance to be a founding
0: member of Toto,
1: which he also rejected. <laughs> he this just,
0: man yeah. had so many opportunities to get it, in on the ground floor the of ground, things. The ground floor of
1: Steely Dan the ground floor of the Blues Brothers, and the ground floor of Toto.
0: <laughs> Next, you're going to tell me that this man was, like, recruited to be in the Beatles. No, he just,
1: he only, he just, he really preferred being a session player. That's just what That's he liked insane. to do. That's insane. Yeah.
0: He didn't, he didn't want to be locked down, I guess. Yeah. The perpetually freelance. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I think it's incredible. Yeah. I, I wanted to shout him out specifically uh, the seer. while we talked about reeling in the ears, because uh, I shout out to Elliot the seer randall for knowing he
0: is i think he might be the musical equivalent of that meme that's like shows up plays the most insane guitar song you ever heard refuses to elaborate leaves no that's literally what he did (laughs) that's exactly what he did and
1: they begged him to stay and he's like i'm already gone and he was
0: (laughs) holy shit anyway fire in the holes about uh draft dodging
1: yeah, it's kinda of funny how, how wrong we were about them not being political at all. Yeah, it's almost uh, as we're... if
0: they're quite insightful. Yeah. What the it's fuck? It's almost like they had their finger on the pulse of the nineteen seventies.
1: Yeah, but I mean the reason I'm like they don't do protestants, like they're not they're not overt about it. Like in the liner notes, they do say this isn't political at all. Like they, they do yeah. they're I mean, it's knowing, it's winking, it is political. But they they don't seem like they want to be a political band. Does but they're still
0: doing it. Yeah,
1: I mean, I mean, it's 1972. Fucking Nixon is the president, and the Vietnam War is happening. It's kind of hard There's not to. There's a whole draft. <laughs> yeah, it's. Kind, I feel like it's like impossible not to, um, like be an American with the kind of you know conscious that these guys had, and not <laughs> want to like write a song about how it's fucked up.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean the the first couple lines are like, I decline to walk the line. They tell me that I'm lazy. Is very much like i guess you know uh, to me it sounds like you know declining to go to war and you know die in the jungle for some dumbass political reason yeah uh and you know like the people who were there for like world war one and two are looking at them like that's dumb but like you guys (laughs) were fighting for like a different thing back then they they, they were punching nazis and now you know they're calling you stupid for not wanting to go die for, like, no Cause, reason. Because
1: these people who aren't Americans and we have no business telling them what to do want to be communist, and that would be bad.
0: Exactly. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of impossible it's, it's... not to not to comment upon that. And that's the song. I like it. I think it's a little... Where's the jazz?
0: Yeah. I mean, I like it, though. It's, it's about... pretty... Oh, no, it's good. Yeah. But I think it j- really speaks to me, like, lyrically. I wish there was a little more jazz, but... I
1: will say this about about the songs that I don't like musically, is that lyrically there is something to keep my attention. Like, I don't really like Midnight Cruiser because it's long and a little bit boring. Yeah. But there's moments that I will, you know... I, pop music in the, 1972 didn't really do that. Like, if the music wasn't happening, then you... <laughs> what the fuck were the lyrics, <laughs> you know? yeah. So uh, yeah, so I, I have no problem with fire in the hole, but uh, I it's it's not the most memorable. It's not jumping out at me at the moment.
0: Right, right, right. of course, of course.
1: What about uh, what do you think about Brooklyn owes the charmer under me?
0: There's a lot of songs that mention like New York. It's they, almost like they're from New York. It's almost like they're New York boys. Looking it's almost in like in they're LA. East Coast boys. East with the Coast the West boys Coast sound. with that West Coast sound. Yeah.
1: Yeah, just, I yeah, also kind of don't really, uh, I don't know. I
0: don't really care about this one. I feel like every time I listen to it and I hear this one, I'm like, oh, the album's over. Because it feels like a closer it for feels,
1: It feels like a little bit like, okay, we're done.
0: And, yeah, and, and then, then there's two, two more like, songs. Yeah, I look at it and I'm like, wait, hold on, there's two more. <laughs> uh, this is like, it's okay. It's a little bit, yeah. I don't have much to say about it. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh... I lived in Brooklyn for a little while. I guess it does feel like Brooklyn.
1: That's kind of why I don't, it doesn't do anything for me, because I'm like, yeah, this, I mean, I get what you're going for, you guys, but, like, I don't have this, I don't have this emotion for Brooklyn.
0: It feels very much like, uh, it's a a loser song. It's like a- It's another
1: loser song, yeah, which is, I love that. I love that they keep doing that. Uh, I think also, lyrically, it is also kind of weaker than some of the other songs, which is why- um it's it's not great you know actually now talking about this i do like fire in the hole better than
0: i originally was saying <laughs> i yeah that's true
1: actually that that did happen to me a couple times where it was like fire in the is like yeah this is pretty good and then i would listen to brooklyn over oh it's the charm under me and i was like okay fire in the hole was pretty good wasn't it
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> change of the guard though
0: change of the guard holy shit change of the guard's good fuck yeah
1: <laughs> we're running out of things to say but this no, album's it's just good. It's just this uh, this album's just kind of good, is the thing.
0: Yeah, like I. Guess. What do you have to say? What, what, what we got past all the hitters.
1: Yeah, I I have to say like the, the second the second half of the album is a little bit weaker. Yeah, where, it, where whereas like it's in the sense that like they're good, but they're not like oh my god, I really gotta talk about every aspect of this. Mm-hmm. Um, like I would want to with like reeling in the ears or something right it's good. it's a really good song. I really like change of the guard um I think it's another like uh it's it's another commentary song of just kind of like if you want if you want to get through the years it's high time you played this co- played your card, if you live in this world, you're feeling the change of the guard it's very like wow there's a
0: lot of things happening isn't there yeah, and I think it's another song about the the seventies whatever it was called it's a very it's a very nineteen seventy
1: two album Okay, so yeah. when you get to the, when you get to track nine, where it's like yeah, the seventies are still happening, it's like yeah, yes, Steely Dan. It's the clear 70s that are they're happening. still ha- they just started. Like I get that you don't even like wait for the rest of the seventies. God,
0: like this is you guys are living in like a pre-Star Wars world. Just wait. <laughs> You're
1: so judgmental that you haven't even seen Star Wars. Come on, Nixon's <sighs> doing fine.
0: He hasn't yeah, even done it's...
1: Watergate yet. It's grow up.
0: You haven't even seen Star Wars yet. You haven't even seen <laughs> one minute of Star Wars every year.
1: Oh, man. I, I, yeah, so... Someone
0: should do a podcast about that. Someone should do a
1: podcast about Star Wars. That'd be fucked up.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Not us. Turn That Heartbeat Over Again, I really like. This is... Another loser song. Another loser song. song.
1: I love that there's so much. There's so much loser song. It really, it really does put the, the, the title of the album... In a funny light of just like, it's just a bunch of guys who, yeah, they just cannot buy a thrill. They could, but their life is so miserable that they just, it's not going to work.
0: <laughs> it's like an upbeat, like, if if you took all the Springsteen songs about being sad. Yeah. Uh, and you made them upbeat is what these Loser songs are like.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a, it's, oh, that's so, that's such a good point. <laughs> because, yeah, because this song, this song's like, it's about a guy, he's, he's like, you know, he's turning a crime. He's like miserable about it. He doesn't want to.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, he's asking Michael and Jesus to 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 help. You know. Oh, please. Michael flee. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another drunk loser.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's just. It's, it's kind of a bummer.
1: It's a bummer, but the the it's uh, they do with They Might Be Giants where the the song isn't that much of a bummer, but the lyrics are.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Like it's, it's mu- the chorus is a little bit pleading, but it's it's a little bit bouncy. Yeah.
0: Right? Yeah. It's kinda like it kinda hits a little bit, but like you can tell there's like a profound sadness behind it. Absolutely. And also, much like they might be giants, which I guess we'll be covering later on, um after um, oh yeah,
1: this is the stopgap between the Radiohead season and the They Might Be Giants season. We should have said yeah, that up front.
0: We we yeah, we should have said that at the, up at the top. We haven't forgotten about that. Yeah, don't
1: worry. Um, <laughs> so thanks if the, you listened this long.
0: <laughs> they they do also mention in the third verse, like the like a weird, much like a They Might Be Giants song, like a weird like American author.
1: Yeah, it was yeah uh, William Wright. Um, I'm yeah. not familiar with him really.
0: They Might Be Giants also love to do that, where they... Weren't they obsessed with just, like, one guy for a while?
1: Yeah, that one guy.
0: Like, the guy they would have, like, masks of Yeah, or that one guy. Who is the guy? I think his name... I think his name is also William. But you know who I'm talking about, right?
1: Wait, actually, it might be... Actually, it might be that... It might be... Wait, hold on. William Wright. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm going to the They Might Be Giants wiki, because this actually might be... Because it was also... A, he was also a writer, the guy that They Might Be Giants wore masks of. That old guy with the white hair?
0: Yeah, I'm yeah. not allowed to Google it because... Right, yeah, yeah, we yeah. Yeah. Start, yeah.
1: Hold on. No, it's... I think it might be a different guy, because uh, this guy's William Allen White, and the guy ah. that Steely Dan is referencing is William Wright.
0: So this... Okay, so they're really <laughs> close. Yeah, that's
1: weird. <laughs> that's why I was like, hang on, is that the guy? <laughs> no, uh, that would be, like, a crazy coincidence. But no, it is, these are different Williams. But yeah, um i think this is a really good closer it's the, after the like fake fake close out fake out closer of brooklyn owes the charmer under me um very catchy very smooth this is the most yacht rock i think but like yeah. but like uh for for the guys who just crashed their yacht
0: <laughs> right for the guys who have just crashed their yacht and they're in the middle of a divorce
1: yeah exactly this is this is the like post post rock.
0: shit it's divorce music kind of isn't is, it
1: it's a little bit it's a little bit divorce music unfortunately
0: yeah it unfortunately is unfortunately for is. us
1: because it's <laughs> uh, what does it say about us that we like divorce music
0: yeah we've covered a lot of divorce music on picking up something good we have and we're going to
1: cover fucking more in this big episode cuz we got another ep- we got a, got another album to talk about countdown to ecstasy yeah i think let's take a break and then after this ad from our sponsors Probably like Casper Mattress or something I bet we got a good I bet we got some good sponsors lined I, up
0: I bet we got a really good ad read with like a day of anticipation
1: Uh-huh uh, We do Yeah.
0: Um, it,
1: We'll be back with uh with our Comprehensive review Of Countdown to Ecstasy
0: Oh, oh, thank you I think this is the beginning of an
1: Unhealthy dependence oh.
0: I'm a fool to do work no more gonna leave my socks and dirty shirt on the floor all right so thank you very much to extreme restraints for that advertisement (laughs) i'm so glad they're still in business i'm so glad they're still in business and advertising on podcasts as small as ours that's wonderful yeah good for them
1: now uh we left off after reviewing can't buy a thrill uh, are you picking up something good with that album, by the way?
0: Cause I'm I am. picking up some good, our transmitters aren't working. Uh, they're not they're, working. They don't we're not doing uh, the transmitter. Uh, <laughs> I think that, that got me in a mood. I went ahead, uh, while we were, you know, doing our 20 minute long extreme restraints ad. Yeah. Uh, I was out, uh, I went to the fridge and I got, a Christmas ale. Uh, and because it is, you know, Steely December. Yeah. I figured it would be, uh, good to, you know, crack one open and just, uh.
1: And I'm California sober, so I can't partake with that. But I do have a joint that I could light up with you. It's it's sort of... Yeah. See, the, the the crack of a Bic lighter is kind of cracking open a cold one. Yeah.
0: It's, uh, it's cracking a open Bic a lighter. hot one. Cracking open a hot one and a cold one. So, you know, we just kind of cancel each other out. Yeah. All right. Cheers. All right. Mm. Cheers. This is awesome. Um, You had a story for me.
1: Speaking of... Uh, speaking of weed, we got to talk about some skunk. Specifically... <laughs> Jeff Skunk Baxter. <laughs> that was terrible. Let's hear about
0: skunk. <laughs> now,
1: Jeff Skunk Baxter was the guitarist who wasn't named Denny. That was a part of Steely Dan. He was a member of Steely Dan for the first three albums. Uh, and he also did, uh, he did guitar. And he did that l- weird little bit of spoken word at the end of Only a Fool Would Say That. Yeah. What did he say there?
0: I don't remember.
1: Yeah, I I couldn't quite catch it. But anyway, so he did guitar for the dan by the way i've seen a bunch of uh writing because i've been re- uh, reading a bunch of articles and interviews for them like uh, some some steely dan fans just call them the dan how do I you feel th- about that
0: that works yeah. but that they're only naming one of the two guys
1: yeah it's giving short shrift to donald steely fagan i had to remember which one's
0: which yeah it's they it's really giving um but i i think it's like yeah, I think it's really short-changing, but it's 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 kind of like people calling the Grateful Dead the dead. I don't I don't really mind it too much. They're dead, but they're also grateful. I are grateful for to, being dead. Point out. So anyway, can uh, you imagine if we did a Grateful Dead podcast? This this Jesus. would become so insufferable. I couldn't become that kind of person. We're already doing a
1: Steely Dan podcast. That already makes me a kind of person I wasn't. I'm expecting. on the
0: verge of becoming that kind of guy, but like it's fine.
1: Well, we'll <laughs> see how it goes. Uh, so, uh, what was I saying?
0: Our, our We're good friend about Skunk. Our good friend Skunk. So yeah, he's yeah.
1: on the first three albums. Um, his signature guitar solo uh, on "Ricky, Don't Lose That Number." It's uh, uh-huh. classic. So he leaves his indelible mark on the band. And uh, while finishing work on the third album, Pretzel Logic, he became aware of Steely and Dan's intentions to retire Steely Dan from touring altogether and work exclusively in the studio with almost exclusively session players. Yeah, he was like, "Fuck that!" I went to go join the Doobie Brothers in 1974. What? Yep, uh, they were touring. Mister su- and Missus Doobie Miss- and their two sons. Yep, yep. The, the 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 brothers Doob indeed. He went to join them. They were um, at the time they were touring in support of their fourth album. And now this is uh, this is pre this is pre Michael McDonald.
0: Pre Michael McDonald.
1: Except there's an interesting little twist here in the story. Uh huh. While preparing to tour in support of the fifth album, which at this point he's a full member of the band, Doobie Brothers founder Tom Johnston is hospitalized with some sort of stomach thing, right? Mm -hmm. They need someone to fill in for vocals. Jeff Skunk Baxter remembers working with this guy named Michael when he was with Steely Dan, and he thought maybe Michael McDonald could fill in for a little bit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Michael McDonald has been through so much in his life.
1: Yeah, with with the founder and and ex and now ex vocalist still convalescing, Michael McDonald makes such a incredible mark on the band that they're like, Well, you're the lead vocalist now. Fuck that other guy. I hope his stomach Holy gets good.
0: Shit! <laughs> and it's because of Skunk. That is so deeply fucking like there's something really republican about that, it feels like, right?
1: Oh man. I'm so glad you said that. Anyway, Uh you'll see why. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. So you got McDonald's vocal, and you got
0: Skunk's... McDonald's vocal, the grimace voice. And you
1: got Skunk's jazzy guitar work. The Doobie Brothers enter the best phase of their career um, with... I mean, they're they're working together on on minute by minute. Are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? It Spent five weeks at number one? Holy shit. It's because of Baxter and Michael. So, early 1979, Skunk leaves the band. After that, he continues to work as a session guitarist for Eric Clapton, Cheryl Crow, Joni Mitchell, Ricky Nelson, Donnie, uh, Dolly Parton, Carly Simon, Ringo Starr, Gene Simmons, Rod Stewart, Barbara Streisand, Donna Summer, Elton John, Linda Ronstadt, basically everyone in the 70s. Holy shit. Now, this is pretty cool, right? That's a pretty, that's a pretty solid career for any one life. And now I want to get to his second career.
0: What is a second career?
1: The reason I wanted to do this podcast, because, because you know, I, I, I got into a rabbit hole, right? And I, and I texted you at one a.m., after I had read something so remarkable, I just had to tell someone, and it had to be on air on a podcast that I told it to. Nikki,
0: I'm scared.
1: I am mostly reading from Wikipedia because, again, we are a podcast with zero budget. That's what, that's what yeah. happens.
0: We don't have researchers. I don't give a shit.
1: Baxter fell into a second profession almost by accident. In the mid-80s... What's the... In the mid-80s, his interest in music recording technology led him to wonder about hardware and software originally developed for military use, specifically data compression algorithms and large-capacity storage devices. What? He was in luck because his next-door neighbor happened to be a retired engineer who worked on the Sidewinder missile program. What?! This neighbor bought Skunk a, a a a subscription to Aviation Week magazine, <laughs> which provoked his interest in additional military-oriented publications, specifically missile defense systems in particular. He became self-taught in missile defense systems, and at one point wrote a five-page paper that proposed converting the ship-based anti-aircraft Aegis missile into a rudimentary missile defense system. I'm sorry. He gave the paper to California Republican Congressman Dana Rohrabacher.
0: No, 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 no.
1: And his career as a defense consultant began.
0: Fuck this!
1: What? Jeff Skunk Baxter received a series of security clearances so he could work with classified information.
0: Republicans will just hire anybody off the street, huh?
1: Hey, you're the Doobie Brothers. Hell yeah, get on in here. In 19- this motherfucker was in the Doobie Brothers, and now he, he does missile and now, defense? And now he has security clearances. Now he has defense security clearances. Because Can you? <laughs> what? In 1995, Pennsylvania Republican Congressman Kurt Weldon nominated Skunk. Again, this is a man who calls himself Skunk. He nominated Skunk to chair the Civilian Advisory Board for Ballistic Missile Defense. Famously, that board is responsible for the Star Wars system. <laughs>
0: Holy shit!
1: This is after they did Star Wars, obviously, because it's the 90s. But this is who he's right. Joining. It's Reagan's Star Wars. Right. Shit. Yeah, this is who he's joining. He his work on that panel leads to consulting contracts with the Pentagon. He consults for the Department of Defense and the intelligence community at large. He also works with Northrop Grumman, <laughs> General Dynamics.
0: Say Raytheon. Please say Raytheon. It doesn't
1: say Raytheon here, but you gotta you gotta <laughs> imagine he's at least had one contract with Raytheon.
0: It's his I jump. just Googled, uh, yeah, I Googled Jeff Skunk Baxter, Donald Trump. Oh my God, uh, no! Because I wanted to know. Yeah, 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 what's what's the scoop? Jeff Skunk Baxter stands between President Donald Trump and Kid Rock prior to the <laughs> signing of the Orange hatch Bob Goodlatte, uh, um, music modernization no. act in the Roosevelt Room at the White House. Oh my God! October 11th, 2018. No,
1: I remember that because I remember Kid Rock standing there and I'm like, yeah, he's going to modernize music, all right.
0: I didn't realize Skunk was there! Skunk was right behind Kid oh Rock. Oh my god. <laughs> Skunk was directly behind Kid Rock. That's so fucked up. <laughs> what the fuck?
1: So this is an incredible quote from Baxter. So he 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 he's he's focused on terrorism and how to defeat that with missiles. That's his new career. He's also still a session musician during all this, by the way.
0: And he's just he's just like sick licks <laughs> and also like we should be bombing people.
1: This, this is an incredible quote. You ready for this? Well, I swear to God, we'll get to the C- Countdown to Ecstasy album, but I just, we, I, I needed to talk, this is the whole reason we're doing Steely Dan Sember, was to talk about how fucked up Jeff Skunk Baxter is. What? This is a quote from, God, let me, let me check the, okay, it's a quote from 2007, apparently, according to Wikipedia. We thought turntables were for playing records until rappers began to use them as instruments. And we thought airplanes were for carrying passengers until terrorists realized they could be used as missiles. <laughs> <laughs> my, <laughs> just, just, my, no way. my big thing is to look at existing technologies and to try and see other ways they can be used, which happens in music all the time and happens to be what terrorists are incredibly good at.
0: You know, terrorism is just like when a rapper uses a turntable.
1: (laughs) You Remember 9-11? They were the real Public Enemy Limited, if you ask me. (laughs)
0: 9-11 and Jay-Z's The Blueprint came out on the same day. Coincidence? I think (laughs) not. According to Skunk. (laughs) So that's oh my Skunk. god! And we'll be
1: listening to more of his work on Countdown to Ecstasy, Steely Dan's second debut album.
0: It actually came out like seven months after this first one. That's
1: kind of partly why I called it that. Because it's incredible that they cranked out this good of an album directly after an already very good album.
0: Yeah, they were just like, kind of knocking them out. Wait, yeah, you're kidding me. Yeah, November 1972,
1: Can't Buy a Thrill... July 73, Countdown to Ecstasy. That's fucked up.
0: Yeah, and ideally, it was probably done before July, too. Well, yeah,
1: it was probably recorded in the months previously.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's how time works, Nikki. Yeah,
1: exactly. But, um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's incredible.
0: I think that maybe Bodhisattva is my second favorite song about being Bodhisattva. (laughs) Yeah, what's your first? Bodhisattva Vow by... Beastie Boys.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, I was hoping you'd say that one. That is that is the number one pick. This one's number two. I don't know. This is this isn't about being Bodhisattva. This is about a guy who's just. I I kind of got the sense now. I, I I don't know. I'm. This is all my interpretation, but like the, the chorus of uh, of Bodhisattva. Can you show me the shine of your Japan? The sparkle of your China? Can you show me? And then he says, "I'm gonna sell my house." <laughs> In ta- I'm gonna sell my house in town, right?
0: Yeah, because you know, Buddhists they renounce all their worldly possessions. I think it might be something. But
1: Selling isn't renouncing, is it? That's cause, sort cause of because you, guess... you are seeking a cash value for the home.
0: Right, 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 right. I think that's like just like a weird way of no, putting it. Well, so that was why that's what led me to the, my interpretation
1: that this is a guy who's caught up in some like you know hippie subculture. He wants to get more. Yeah you know he's trying to get into buddhism but his heart's not really in it and he doesn't quite get it
0: and he's kind of misinterpreting it a little bit
1: yeah like and so and even here like this was interesting um the G- the genius annotation for the 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 shine of your japan i wondered what that meant and this is interesting i'm glad that to know japan used here as a double entendre it refers both to the country of japan where Buddhism is popular, and to Japan Black, which is simply referred to as Japan sometimes, which is a black lacquer used in the United States during the early 20th century in the fabrication of products that are meant to be associated with Japan. So people would would manufacture, like, plates, and they were supposed to evoke Japan, so they'd use, like, a special lacquer.
0: Right, right, and I think I have that, like, the idea of that in my brain. Some about that feels, like, xenophobic. Well, that's what <laughs> I mean,
1: is I think the... Right, I think the... The, um, what, like, just call- Oh, like, calling it, uh, like-
0: Yeah, being like, oh, these are- This is the Japanese colors, you know? Oh,
1: well, yeah, absolutely, right. Well, that's why <laughs> I think it- I think that's why it's included here, is, like, the, the- The protagonist of the song is, like, talking about, like, fine China and, you know, dishes with Japan lacquer on it. It's like, that's not what Buddhism is about. What are you talking about?
0: <laughs> yeah, completely just misinterpreting- Plus, what, it's got-
1: what, It's a really- It's a blues number, so it's- It's- It's like- Tonally, it doesn't like vibe with what you think about when you think of Buddhism. So I, I think it's a really fun. I think it's a really fun song.
0: Right. It's it's fun. It's fun. Uh, it, Yeah, it's 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 definitely like a like a sardonic kind of take. Sardonic is a really like good a,
1: word for this album. Yeah, I would say so. The whole damn thing. Including. Also, I, what?
0: R- real quick. I wanted to mention yeah. the uh, the album cover.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about the album cover. <laughs> real quick. I love the font choice.
0: The font choice—that is, you know, the classic Euro style font we love uh, Euro used style. by Radiohead on the Bends. Yeah, um, that is—it um, makes it feel so modern. It does, and it—the it, it, three naked dudes on the cover—I—I I think uh, they look like ET. No, they look like the—they look like the aliens from Mac and Me. You know what? Yeah, the McDonald's film <laughs> Mac and Me, yeah. and it's great that you know Michael McDonald at this point was involved with. Yeah. Oh, were, uh, was
1: he? Was he on the sound?
0: I don't think so. But also, I think it's really funny to make McDonald's jokes.
1: <laughs> That's fair, yeah. Uh,
0: but yeah, it's... What an album cover. Did you know that they had to add the two extra guys on the left? Like the two ghost guys? Because um, there were five guys in the band and only three guys on the cover, and literally the record label was like, you need to add two more guys, or else people are going to be confused.
1: No. What? Really? Yeah. What? That's so stupid. that <laughs> That's really stupid, and you don't also say, like the, the like. <laughs> that's such a classic, like, oh well, our audience is very stupid. You shouldn't scare them by being <laughs> abstract and even even a slight way. That like, I'm really glad doesn't. I mean, it kind of happens, but like, uh, I don't know. We're... It's just very silly.
0: Record executives had no faith at all in like the American listening public in the 1970s. And I would say that they're they were maybe a little smarter than they are now. Well, so, yeah, <laughs> it's
1: weird because they were kind of both. There would be the kind of record executive that'd be like, Frank Zappa. Yeah, sure. The, the, will it sell a bunch of records? Sure. Let's put him out. And it wouldn't matter. Right. But now, like, I, I think this is a quote from him or someone forget who I'm quoting, but they were like, but now executives think they know music. And they meddle more. Yeah.
0: yeah. But also they did like, metal we... then,
1: but they meddled in weird stuff that didn't matter. Like, you need to put like two this. ghost men on the album <laughs> to represent the drummer and the guitarist.
0: <laughs> Whom are both dead. Yeah, <laughs> who are dead, I guess.
1: I don't know. But yeah, I just, I, it's very funny.
0: Let's talk about the Razor Boy.
1: I like Razor Boy.
0: This is a, this song feels like a threat.
1: Oh yeah, this is weird. Why are the women in cages Razor Boy? My God. <laughs>
0: And also, like, will you still have a song to sing when the Razor Boy comes? I. <laughs> Who's the suppose, Razor Boy? I'm scared. I suppose that sounds to me like the Grim Reaper, and this annotation God. is backing that up. Oh, of course. But also, like. Women in Cages, the Razor Boy is coming. This seems. I am unsettled by this song.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is a song about death. It's gotta be. Right, will you still yeah. have a song to sing when the Razor Boy comes and takes your fancy things away? Will you still be singing it on that cold and windy day? I know I'm gonna die in winter. So, yeah. that just, it speaks to me.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's just, <laughs> it's a sad, sad uh, scene of affairs, I think.
1: Oh, man, and it just... So Bodhisattva, it hits you with, like, a big blues number. And you're like, okay, so they got The Rock... But where's the jazz? And they're like, "Hold up! You thought we didn't have fucking jazz anymore? Oh, you! Yeah. Th- oh, you stupid little! Hey, hey, hey! They thought we didn't have jazz. Well, guess what, bitch? It's Razor Boy now.
0: Check it out, Steely. They don't think we have jazz. <laughs> hit him with the jazz, Dan.
1: It- and they did. They hit him with that jazz. Oh my god, yeah. it's so good. This album is like, it's like I wow. This were- the better of the two. I, well, it absolutely is. Um, it feels more. Like like complete. they they understand now, like they get it,
0: like a thought. It, it feels like a complete thought. It get and it's yeah. only it's only six months after like the last one, which is weird.
1: I really feel like Camp Bayou Thrill was kind of the because they were all like session musicians, and you know the the reason Walter and Donald got hired by the producer at the record label was to be like company write like house writers, right? Right. So. I think it was more of just like Can't Buy Your Thrill is just like, Okay, well we know we can write songs. Let's try and figure out how this album making stuff works. And then I think Steely and Dan kinda like, Oh, we like this and now we get it. And and then Countdown to X D C is is kinda the first like okay, we know what we're doing now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For Also sure. I keep calling this album Countdown to Extinction. Uh <laughs> like the like the Disney attraction. <laughs> That's... Uh, it's not um... that. It's not that. It's not where you get on the little Time Rover and you go see the dinosaurs at Animal Kingdom. It's Countdown to Ecstasy. Time (laughs) Rover sounds kind of fun. It's actually really fun. It's uh, based off the Indiana Jones uh, adventure. I'm going to stop talking now. Okay, great. Let's talk about the Boston Rag. (laughs) (laughs) The Boston Rag is... These are just like... This is like Summer of 69. Before Summer of 69 came by. Well,
1: this is after. It's 1973.
0: Yeah, but like summer of 69 came out in like the 80s didn't it
1: oh you mean the song you didn't mean the actual yeah. summer
0: no no i, <laughs> I meant was like the they song, have already experienced
1: the, su- the summer of 69 in the summer of 69 no i know what you mean yeah yeah yeah. no this is a very like back in the old days but it's not
0: super boomer about it yeah it feels like jack and diane little Diddy. about jack and diane sucking <laughs> <laughs>
1: um uh, uh yeah no it's it's kind of like um yeah it's kind of vague like it's just kind of the good old days but it doesn't really get into like what like and the bring back the boston rag is it like you know newspapers used to be good back then
0: <laughs> it's also kind of sad though because like in the second verse um like lonnie is taking a ton of pills oh
1: yeah yeah that's that classic and then passes uh, up
0: for two days
1: classic uh, drug shit apparently Lonnie's based on a real guy that they knew uh, when they were in college is he dead so uh apparently I I would assume so (laughs) um so uh, let's see I'm in major dudes again the book there's a a review of countdown to ecstasy that kind of gets into their bard stuff and like all that jazz yeah um David Palmer's gone, by the way. There's no David Palmer anymore in vocals. It's all Steely from now on. On the on the box.
0: No Palmy, just Steely.
1: But to back him up, they got lady vocalists. Kinda mm-hmm. like Soul Sister kind of sound ladies, which yeah. uh is another recurring theme that, that begins now.
0: Yeah, I get like remaining light energy from those back back in vocals. Oh
1: absolutely. Yeah. They they add a, a nice a nice flavor that was missing from the first one. Yeah. But yeah, so there's, um, I'm trying to find the actual anecdote. Yeah, so Boston Rag, there's a character named Lonnie the Kingpin. Another Bard reference, this one widely shared. Lonnie was the sandwich man who would visit the dorms late at night just as the munchies were making us ravenous, selling delicious ham and cheese sandwiches, potato chips, and cola beverages that quenched our weed-parched throats. The writer also went to Bard. <laughs> so so he, he's like, oh yeah, Lonnie. I know who they're fucking talking yeah, about.
0: That's that sandwich asshole. That sandwich
1: guy. <laughs> the
0: hamburger dipshit.
1: He was he was the kingpin, yeah. He was the sandwich kingpin.
0: He was the sandwich kingpin. But he not... also had a yeah. drug
1: problem, which is why Steely Dan chose to sing about him, because they like singing about drug abuse. This song
0: is good. I yeah, I feel like yeah, a lot of Steely Dan's songs feel like Songs that um, that Tim Allen absolutely got busted listening to uh, when he was doing cocaine running in the, in the 70s. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, you know, <laughs> you know, cocaine Allen was was hopped up on some goofballs and a Steely Dan eight track in his uh, uh, I couldn't think of a 70s car. Whatever. Fill in the blank.
0: He was he was listening. He was listening to Steely Dan and his Ford Pinto while he was ratting out <laughs> all his friends.
1: Also, there's no 7th oh. Avenue in Boston. What gives, Steely?
0: I've never been to Boston. Have you?
1: Don't want to talk about it.
0: <laughs> it's, uh...
1: Boston's scaly. I'm scaled.
0: I mean, yeah, Red Sox fans. <laughs> They're so mean to me.
1: No, uh, Boston's fine. It's kind of stupid, but it's fine.
0: A little, a little racist there. It's it's, that's
1: why it's a little bit stupid.
0: Uh talk about gold teeth man. i love this fucking track not the song no i want to talk about gold oh teeth. just
1: gold teeth yeah i've been no, thinking ha- about um
0: no the song rocks okay I was joking. okay
1: yeah this on fucking rocks boston rag is a little bit kind of like okay the mood's coming down then your gold teeth is like yeah steely's back it's that dan flavor you've been missing since track two Hell yeah
0: also like this song mentions a lot of shit that i have no idea what it is <laughs> i don't know I what the no fuck idea... this guy's
1: talking about. <laughs>
0: I have no idea who the fuck Kathy Barbarian is, what? but I know it was like a big thing in the 70s and it mattered to people in the 70s.
1: Uh, she can't say one roulade. I don't know what a roulade is.
0: Oh, she's an American soprano and composer. She kind <gasps> of looks like Yeah, no, she wasn't a soprano. Oh. Uh she kind of looks like a like a proto a proto um Dolly Parton, but I think it's just cuz she's got really big hair.
1: Yeah, the big hair is I've been confused. I, I thought I've seen Dolly Parton in public, but it was just someone with big hair. That's happened to me before. Yeah, yeah.
0: that's happened. Yeah, you just that that just. I rush up a lot. to them
1: and I and I go, "Dolly, we share the same birthday!" And then they go, "That I'm not that person." I've been so I'm I've been looking for my entire life, looking forward to the day I meet Dolly Parton, so I can tell her we have the same birthday because I want to know what she'll say about
0: it. <laughs> have you been to Dollywood? It's really easy no, probably to find her. Maybe because I'm not huh. made of money. There's like it's like. 40 bucks to go yeah but i gotta fly there that's true you gotta go there and you also gotta like drive there's there's like no airport or anything they Um, should have
1: an airport at dolly at at dollywood dolly land
0: i should be able to land at dolly yeah um i think anyway there's there's like a big overarching thing on this record that's very much like you know no matter what you do your life is gonna catch up to you that's what it feels like
1: yeah and there's a lot of like Gambling kind of references were like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Roll the dice, idiot. Life still yeah, going to get you.
0: It's like this and Razor Boy that feel like, you know, they feel part of a unit.
1: Yeah. Again. that East Co- So East Coast Boys, that West Coast sound, they're talking about the dirty, dirty streets of Brooklyn and they got that smooth yeah. L.A. sound.
0: That ECB, WCB. <laughs> exactly. WCS. The yin and the yang. The steely and the dan. Steely and the dan.
1: I love this song. Um I wish I wish I knew what they meant by there ain't nothing in Chicago for a monkey woman to do. <laughs>
0: yeah, that some some about that's weird.
1: <laughs> anyway.
0: <laughs> uh Showbiz Kids. Showbiz Kids is really I think it might be my favorite song on the record because yeah, it is Yeah, cuz you're from LA. It's uh, yeah, I'm from LA, born and raised, and it is very much like firing at the people that i hate
1: yeah oh my god yeah there's a lot of uh and you know there's new york people i'm sure they 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 were firing shots at here too but this is all about like another thing that pops up with steely dan is their their pure hatred of the of the west coast yuppie um which and buddy that is you know buddy i'm right with fucking (laughs) join the club okay well i guess we're joining their club they were there first
0: yeah they were but yeah, that, the, kind of that,
1: uh, the refrain that goes through the whole song, I I did I do think this song is very much like, boy, a lot of the people we've met in LA are really sleazy and terrible, and I think that's mostly what the song's about, but that refrain, they keep saying, you go to Las Wages. Yeah. Las Vegas, like all... kind of a play in Las Vegas, right?
0: It is, it is Vegas, because that is like a nickname for Vegas.
1: Oh, is that a known... Yeah, I've, I've heard, heard, lo-
0: I heard. I've heard lost wages before. It doesn't make any sense because you don't because um, you go to to it, like
1: gamble your wages. Is that
0: yeah, right? yeah? That's what it feels like. And it also it's kind of a mondegreen. It's like right. it sounds like lost wages.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, okay. See, I, okay, that makes sense. So that's cool. I, 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 I kind of get the vibe that they're they're talking about. They're, they're really talking about. Uh, I mean, the that bridge. Show business kids make movies of themselves. You know, they don't give a fuck about anybody else. You know, he's talking about L.A. people.
0: He's talking about LA kids, and he's talking about their beautiful bodies. He's talking about you know, like just kind of kind of firing back at like you know they they are they are kids who don't give a fuck. They have a silver spoon in their mouths, you know they got the they got the Steely Dan T shirt, and for the coup de gras, they're outrageous. A coup de gras,
1: they say it wrong too, which I think is yeah. fun. I think it's meant to be like, well, they would probably say it like this,
0: probably, probably. Um, and it's just like it's it's. I think they're just like, oh, these are people who like. They say they love Steely Dan, but, like, do they?
1: Well, so that's the thing. Here in um, here in Major Dudes in the same review, this guy says, there's a line about fans wearing Steely Dan t-shirts, which I took as an inside joke because, as far as I knew, Steely Dan didn't have t-shirts yet.
0: Oh, my God. So it's like <laughs> this
1: whole, like... <laughs> and also, there's another Bard reference to a character named El Supremo. That El Supremo reference... Uh, is a par- I have no
0: idea who that is
1: Perhaps, He, This guy also went to Bard So I don't know what the fuck he's talking about Perhaps a bandito stoner In a dormitory mural Though I've never seen it So huh. I, I don't know Some probably <laughs> Probably racist mural at Bard <laughs> I don't know It was the
0: 70s yeah, A lot happened A lot
1: happened Look the Vietnam War Etc Okay <laughs> <laughs> let them, Look, let, we're them a gas. let them paint a mural of a bandito stoner at bard college <laughs> anyway i like the song no that's yeah, that's not it, true i love this song
0: it's a great song i also think that it you know lampoons these people perfectly well they don't um, like I, wealth
1: they don't like flashy wealth
0: yeah and that comes I, up a I, lot i think that i could you know get a drink with these guys and it would be fine except for the missile defense guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah fuck that guy
1: I would like to say to Jeff Skunk Baxter, go to hell.
0: I want him to... I, is he hearing this? I hope he hears this. I hope he this. hears this. And you know what? I hope I get deported from this stupid country. <laughs> I hope he, he uses he de- his
1: connections at the Department of Defense to put us on some sort of list where we have to defect to Cuba. Because I would love to go to Cuba. Oh my God, please. It would be so much better here. he
0: no-fly list for saying that his music is bad.
1: I would love to never have to go on another airplane again. <laughs>
0: Actually, the music is good, but, like, you know, I wouldn't like to hang out with them. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Great
1: guitar. Terrible man. Yeah. My old school. Gee, I wonder what school you're talking about, guys. Yeah, I wonder what fucking school. Uh, just, I, oh, where'd you go to school, Steely and Dan? Oh, Bard? You don't fucking talk about it.
0: It fucking starts with a B and ends <laughs> with R. <Ard. laughs>
1: They go. They, they went say. To Baudry Yard. They do. Say, I mean, they directly say up to Annandale, which is the location of Bard College. So it is about them going to school there. Uh, I remember the thirty-five sweet goodbyes. This is a metaphor for his girl giving him a blowjob.
0: Apparently, um, what is that? Why would it be thirty-five? What?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes genius annotations are like, "All right, where's your source on that?" Like that, there's no thirty-five. 35- I'm not doubting that Steely would sing about a blowjob in a roundabout way, but I'd like yeah, to I, see no, the I, source I'm on ju- this.
0: I'm just thinking about like the anatomy of a blowjob. That like, there's no thirty-five. 35- Did she give him thirty-five of them? Did he count?
1: What? I don't. I don't. It's. It's. We're, we're focusing too much on one line. <laughs> when you put me up on the Wolverine, which is a nickname for the train from New York to Michigan, okay. There's okay. there's a lot of like there's a lot of inside stuff. There's a lot of references this that is, I don't I didn't go to Bard, so I don't understand any of this. These
0: first two albums I feel like you had to go to Bard in the seventies to understand <laughs> them fully.
1: The thing about Steely Dan, you need to have a high Bard IQ to really get it.
0: Yeah, I feel like I had to go to Bard College. For
1: I this. really I I so I think this is about an actual thing that happened.
0: Yes, yes. Right? And also they talk about William and Mary. Um oh, it's about it's about, like, it's huge a, drug busts. It's a, yeah,
1: there would be drug busts, right? That's what I read. There'd be yeah. big drug busts at Bard.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I mean, that's probably really low-hanging fruit, like doing a drug bust at a school yeah, it's like, in the 70s. Yeah, of
1: course. Yeah, it's Bard. Yeah. It's a yeah. Bunch of, yeah, it's a bunch of hippies. Oh, yeah, oh, a bunch of hippies are smoking weed? Yeah, good stuff, fucking Detective Columbo. How'd you figure that out? And that would be yeah. a reference they understood, because it was the, the era of Columbo.
0: Yeah, and then later in the song, it was like, it's like, you know, California tumbles into the sea, that'll be the day I go back to Annandale. Like, he <laughs> maybe can't go back to Bard College because he's been drug busted too many like, times. Like, maybe
1: he doesn't want to, or maybe he can't.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's it's hard to kind of discern what it means. Also, uh, the song ends with them wanting to flee to Mexico?
1: Yeah, except not Guadalajara. <laughs> that, yeah, that won't do for the girl of the song. <laughs> Well, I did not think the girl could be so cruel.
0: There is nothing wrong with Guadalajara. No, I
1: think I think I th- I took that to mean she doesn't want to go to Mexico at all.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, that's fair. And he's fair. like, I well, mean,
1: babe, I gotta. We gotta run. Isn't it romantic? We gotta go We're to- running away to Mexico together. She's like, I don't know, Guadalajara. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> mm. It's like, what's your problem?
0: Yeah, I think this, this, this song is like actually maybe one of the more cinematic of the entire album. Oh,
1: hey, yeah. Um. Just, yeah, there's there's a whole a big annotation about uh, the specific event that, that sparked this. Just outside of Adolph's. Adolph's? Uh-oh. Whoa. He, he sees it, the house. Right there is the house that I was busted in, Donald Fagan says. So Steely himself got busted, uh, gesturing toward a two-story structure nearby. Here finally lies the story behind my old school. It was around 5 a.m. on a Thursday in May of 69. Nice. When a nice. swarm of sheriff's deputies descended on Bard, sweeping through dorms and off-campus residences, including this small house where Steely lived with a roommate. They went up and down the halls, knocking on doors, says friend Terrence, not Steely, Bolin, who was in his room at Ward Manor at the time. Toilets were flushing everywhere to get rid of any pot that you had. I threw mine out the window. All you had to do was say to the cop, what are you doing? And they'd say, that's it, Resist an arrest." So, oh, so cops haven't changed. Yeah, never. Nothing's changed. Somebody would say, "What the hell is going on?" Oh, profanity! Arrest him.
0: <laughs> you could be arrested for profanity. Well, they in the would. 70s? They would
1: make up any excuse, right? Because you said no, hell. Of course. So, they, you know,
0: because they're cops.
1: Right. Uh, and So Steely Dan and Steely's girlfriend Dorothy White were all dragged off to jail. So
0: Steely Dan and Lady Steely.
1: Lady Steely, yes. I don't Holy know. Crap, if She continued to be Lady Steely, but she was at the time.
0: By the way, she drew the uh, album art for this album. Oh, did she? Yeah.
1: She did a fucking bang-up job. I love this painting. Yeah. It makes me feel emotions great. I didn't know I had and I'm slightly scared of.
0: <laughs> I love it because it's just like, it's very like, like I said, E.T.
1: We didn't talk about the album art for the first one, only because it's just kind of like, that, that. the album art plus like some of the vibes in the song is very like, like cheers the television show it's very like
0: kind of it kind of sucks ass
1: yeah i don't like the album art so much it's it's a little too it's a little too it's not doesn't represent the album well whereas this one countdown to ecstasy is like yeah yeah i bet these pink weirdos are gonna take me to ecstasy
0: (laughs) yeah oh also she did a lot of visual art for katie Lyde and and asia
1: (gasps) those which i suppose we'll talk about later they look they look fucking spectacular yeah uh let's
0: talk about pearl of the Quarter. Pearl of the Quarter. This song is one I do not remember.
1: I don't really like it. It's a little bit too much of a ballad for me. That's right. Nikki Ballad Hater Flowers is back. We're back. Better than ever. <laughs> if you were wondering if this was the same show, it is. They haven't It changed. is
0: absolutely the same show. It is. We're just going a little long this time.
1: And I got mad (laughs) about the lyric, rice and beans for a quarter. Red, sorry, red beans and rice for a quarter. I got mad about that line because I would like to buy that for a quarter and I can't because of inflation. Thanks, Brandon.
0: That's probably like that in New Orleans, maybe.
1: Uh, No, I don't know. I think it's a sweet song. I don't think it's terrible. I like it. I like the idea of a guy who's fallen in love with a New Orleans prostitute. And it's like saying, if you see Louise, tell her I love her. And if she needs a place to stay, I'm always available. There's a sad loser romanticism that I like about it.
0: Yeah, this is like a loser song. And also, it's like the cover of um, Can't Buy a Thrill has like (laughs) the the sex workers on it as well. Yeah, which is like kind of a play,
1: like uh, like sort of cheekily cheekily referencing the the title. It's like, (laughs) well, you can buy some thrills, right?
0: yeah and like i feel like this song is like tangentially related to that it feels very like you can tell that these songs are written in mostly the same headspace
1: yeah 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 for sure they they like drugs and women that's what they like drugs about.
0: women and kind of being pieces of shit
1: <laughs> and then you look at them and they're such nerdy looking guys where it's like have you how did you have you guys had any of these experiences yeah but, steely eh. dan
0: is the official like uh, you've seen that episode of uh i think you should leave uh, you know, they're pieces of shit with the sloppy steaks. <laughs> they, look like, they look like they'd have sloppy steaks.
1: <laughs> a little, I think a little, you know what? Holy shit. Jeff Skunk Baxter absolutely is a piece of shit who would have a sloppy absolutely. steak.
0: Absolutely. They wouldn't let him have a sloppy steak, but he would, he would get waters and a he steak. He would do it anyway. Yeah. Oh and God. And then he would like threaten to drone bomb everybody who like told him not to. <laughs> I know the secrets of the sidewinder. Don't fuck with me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this song is very like. There's like a New Orleans, definitely like an obvious New Orleans energy to it, and uh, they
1: keep doing that where it's very. They keep evoking a specific place. Yeah, like when there's like a New York kind of song, you know it because it sounds a little bit New York. It sounds
0: like they're walking there,
1: but but it doesn't sound. Cause you know how sometimes songs can do that where it's just like it's a little bit heavy handed.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Neil Den doesn't do it like that. Like it, it, they set they set a place really well, but they don't like they're not corny about it.
0: They're not. Yeah, they're not. They're not super like overt with it. And it's you know what the song is a proto "fell in love with a stripper." Sorry.
1: <laughs> this Sorry. is a soft pro, Yeah, this is the soft '70s "fell in love with a stripper" because that's what this guy does.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, fine. You can. that's fine. You like, can't. This guy's a loser because he's not. Because
1: this guy's a loser because, like, I don't think I don't think she's interested, boy. Uh, buddy, he, uh, sorry.
0: Yeah, I don't, I I don't think he's a piece of shit because he fell in love with a sex worker. I th- <laughs> I just think he's a, he's a piece of shit because he's weird.
1: Yeah, he's just kind of uh, like obsessing over this woman that he met in New Orleans. Yeah. I don't get. I don't get the sense that even is from there. Right. Yeah.
0: I don't think. I think he's just visiting.
1: Like, if you hear from my Louise, tell her I said hello. I don't think he's there. Otherwise, he'd be like being weird about it at her. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, that's that's why I get the sense that he's just kind of a loser from afar.
0: Yeah. So, King of the World. Oh,
1: a song in which the Earth is a loser.
0: (laughs) King of the World feels very much like now. Is that weird?
1: No, that's not weird because this song is about post-nuclear apocalypse.
0: This feels like some Mad Max shit.
1: In a 1974 performance, Walter Dan Becker states, This next song scares me half to death. It's a tale of terror and loathing in the far-flung future. That's hard to say.
0: And that might as well be now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the first verse is like, can anyone hear me on this ham radio? (laughs) (laughs) No marigolds in the promised land. There's a hole in the ground where they used to grow. Any man left on the Rio Grande is king of the world as far as I know, is the chorus, which is just so good. It's, yeah, that very, is, it's very bleak and a really they, fun way, really fun, sad way to end this album.
0: Yeah, it's 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 like really like it's a devastating look at what could happen if things don't um, change
1: quickly, please
0: don't change. They didn't they didn't change. Oh, they no, no. And it's very much like, it's like, there's that line that's like, you know, I, I don't need no help in hand. I can't be no savage. I can't be no highway man. I get like big Mad Max energy from that. Yeah. Like,
1: I feel like a pit in my stomach when he says that of like, I, I can't do this. I can't be, I can't be Mad Max. I wasn't prepared for this. Yeah. I couldn't do this life. Right. Um, like show me where you are. You and I will spend this day driving in my car through the ruins of Santa Fe. Like I, fuck fuck all the highwayman shit let's just like take a drive and like try and forget that this is happening
0: yeah that's a whole thing
1: yeah right like he's like i don't want to be mad max i like the cars but i don't want to be mad max (laughs) (laughs) oh man it's i think it's i think it's incredible this This is my favorite
0: yeah that's my favorite ceely dan song so far
1: oh so all together
0: yeah all together even any from asia i'm not counting asia just okay
1: okay all right i was gonna say (laughs) Whoa. Whoa! That's big.
0: Yeah, out of these two, I'm. This is my favorite one. I'm not going to count Asia yet because we haven't touched Asia yet. We've. We've we get... said Asia so many times.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think it's incredible that this song, like this album, this album is bookended by such radically different vibed songs.
0: Yes. But a sapph, but a
1: So fun and dancy. You're at the. You're at the. Uh, you're at the soda pop joint having a, mil- a malt shake with your with your girl and then Kane of the World is like everything's fucking dead everything's fucking dead and yet e- the whole album feels like one thing yeah and i think that's maybe on purpose that's incredible oh it's told it's got to be and it's <gasps> and it's ironic because uh, it's called countdown to ecstasy but it kind of goes in the reverse <laughs> hey. hey 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 so what do we i think i do i have anything else to say about this album
0: I don't think I do, because I feel like I've been, like, just heaping praise on it the whole fucking time. It's just... This is incredible. Uh, good!
1: Uh, oh, Walter Becker, Walter Dan Becker. I did have one thing else to say about King of the World. Um, he he wrote it with Donald right after watching Panic in Year Zero, which is a, a nuclear holocaust film.
0: <laughs> I have... I believe I've seen Panic in Year Zero. Yeah. And that is... Yeah, I would have also written that.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like, am I allowed to say the baguette story? It's kind of like when you got very high and very anxious, you just had to draw a baguette.
0: Yeah, yeah. I got got on 420 a couple years ago, I got really high uh, by accident um, Mm -hmm. and I got really stressed out. So in order to de-stress myself, I drew a baguette very shakily and I got really (laughs) weirded out that everybody was going to make fun of me for drawing a bad baguette.
1: (laughs) That was like part of the anxiety. It was like, oh no, everyone's going to judge my baguette. Yeah, which is funny because I've been smoking weed throughout the recording of this podcast. So, and I'm, I I could draw you a shit baguette and show you, and if you laughed, I'd be like, yeah, it's great, isn't it?
0: You could probably draw draw an incredible baguette.
1: I feel bad for people who get very anxious on weed because um, it sucks.
0: I think maybe I just took too much,
1: yeah. but, <laughs> but you know, Steely Dan never takes too much. They make they take just the right amount, baby.
0: Just the right amount of oh. that West Coast smoke.
1: One thing I want to say about the countdown to the ecstasy. So they got a bunch of session musicians in more, I think, uh, more than the first one. So they're starting to like, like, hey, we, we we can we can just hire like as many people as we want. There's no rules. Yeah. And you know who does slide guitar on Showbiz Kids? Who? Rick Derringer. Really? The longtime guitarist and producer for Weird Al Yankovic.
0: Yeah. That's Holy him shit. baby. Yeah.
1: He he, is, he worked extensively with Steely Dan. Not extensively. But as, as extensively as you could. It's like a guy that they would hire for one guitar part every album, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But no, I think he has some work on uh a few of their albums. That was that a fun, is fun little connection.
0: Wild, because he yeah. just he worked a lot with Weird Al.
1: He does to this day. I think, like, from the beginning till now, yeah, like, he's... Yeah. He, Rick Derringer is all over Weird Al. I mean, he's producer and guitarist, so...
0: He's like, yeah, he's like Weird Al's, like, Bernie Talpin, Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> so I thought that was a fun connection.
0: Where Weird Al is Elton John, yeah.
1: That's... Yeah. Wow. He is Elton John, isn't he? Wow,
0: he's like the Elton John of our time. <laughs> he really,
1: truly is.
0: Anyway, are we picking up something good? I'm picking up something fucking great. I'm picking up something incredible so far.
1: I i Am so glad we're doing Steely Dan Sember.
0: I'm so glad that we are here. I don't even care if people s-
1: listen. I, I, I'm sure people like uh, they're gonna see this pop up in their in their podcatcher feed and be like, "Who the fuck are these guys?" Delete. I don't even care about that.
0: Yeah, but, I don't give a shit. This is for us. <laughs> this is just for me
1: and my good friend Mace. But also, if you're listening, thank you. Um, yeah, thank you. And thank we'll, you so much for listening. That's cool of you. I'm glad. I hope you enjoyed it. See, yeah. I can I can feel both.
0: I mean, if you'd like to come on and talk about Steely Dan, if you like Steely Dan.
1: Yeah, we're, if you're like you know short notice because we're recording these at a pretty quick pace, we're doing this yeah. like weekly. By the way, yeah, because it's Dan. Back to the
0: old. Uh, we're back to the old ways. We're back. Where you know we were recording and then releasing it like the day or two afterwards. But <laughs> if nuts. you if you're listening to this and you'd like to talk about Steely Dan, we, could probably, get have in touch. Yeah, we could probably have you on for pretzel logic. Yeah, we probably have you on for pretzel logic something uh, like that. We we can you know just reach out to us. You know where to
1: find us, right? You know where to find us. I'm Nikki Flowers. I play music as Nikki Flowers, and you can find me at cohost.org slash Nikki, N I C K Y, or Twitter.com slash police. And check out my band camp, nikkiflowers.bandcamp.com. I just released a Game Boy game. It's called You Are a Skeleton, and that is a problem. You can check that out by going to nikkiflowers.itch.io, something like that. And I think. No, Nick, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's all I have to plug.
0: I will be playing that game right after this. I I loaded it on my Steam Deck. I just haven't had time. Yes,
1: I I love the fact that it's being played on a Steam Deck.
0: (laughs) Just, like, several times more processing power than it needs. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Um... Uh, I my name is Mace. I play music as Echo Vessel. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Echo Vessel. Um, you can find me on CoHost. Um, at Mace, just M E Y S. Yeah, we got um, our
1: first names because we were early.
0: Yeah, Nikki invited me very early on. Yeah. Um, to the website with the bad terms of service where you should not. Where you use could it.
1: be. Yeah, it's actually evil to use CoHost, and they steal your liver if you use it. And <laughs> Eggbug is evil.
0: I love Eggbug. Um. <laughs> Uh, or you can you know, find me on Instagram at vessel with three O's. Um, if you live in Los Angeles, just uh, scream into the void and I'll hear you. Um, and you will come a-running. I'll come a-running. Uh, Nikki and I and our good friend Vic Benson run a label called Neodotritis. Uh, this is true. And we, we have... Um, a couple of weeks ago, I did a stress test of our new radio station, uh, Neotritus Radio. And, uh, you know, I... We're in conversation to get it going, you know, full time.
1: It's, it's going to be a thing.
0: It's going to be a thing. You it's going to be just, very exciting. A lot of things happened between that first stress test and now, and hopefully, you know, we'll be able to talk about it real soon. Yeah. But keep an eye out for that, for some cool shows, um, for some cool new music as well. Um, I'm working on something. Nikki's working on something. I'm in a band that I can't tell you about. You know, I'd like to show you rather than tell you. No spoilers. Uh, no spoilers. Um... But yeah, that's us. Thank you so much for listening to um, you know, our kind of the first episode. It's kinda sprawling, but uh <laughs> Well, we needed to- There's so much to get into. We had
1: to talk about Jeff Skunk but ba- we're we not gonna ta- were we not gonna talk about Jeff Skunk Baxter. We
0: weren't not gonna talk about Skunk, and we weren't not going to talk about how Steely Dan formed. Hopefully now that you have the clips notes, we can get going a little faster next time. We'll we'll
1: still clue you in on some fun trivia, but we don't have to get into the whole thing. It's a meaty episode. We have a meaty audience and their hearts are, are full of meat. Their hearts are full of meat. Oh, man. Uh, I'm not good at ending podcasts.
0: Anyway, thank you so much. So, Bye. Bye. See you next week. See you next week. Bye. <laughs>